bulletin. This was last week's bulletin. Uh, I thought, you know, hey, what is today? 1 Corinthians 13. Valentine's Day. Okay. Now, traditionally, we celebrate the love of couples, right? Uh, historically, there's some other things. But let's see what love is. A biblical love. Uh, brotherly love as well as agape. Uh, not only um, Adelphus, but agape love depending on the verbal form there for you. Verse thir- chapter 13, 1. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. So you could be doing good deeds that look like love, but you need that love in it. Right? Sometimes we have this passion, and we start out in a ministry, and we have this passion, and then we're just doing the ministry later on. I think of one of the churches in Revelations. They've lost their first love. Who's our first love? Who should be our first love? The Lord Jesus Christ. So even if we're doing th- loving deeds for others, and we've lost our first love, or we've lost the love for others, it, we're just a noisy gong and clanging cymbal. Uh, but, but, Going on beyond that, if we have all religiosity or all these other things and yet there's no love, we're just noisy. Love, here's the definition of love, love is patient. How many of us have had to be patient with people we say we love? Be patient with those who aren't patient, right? Right? Because I'm not often patient. (laughs) But love is patient. Love is kind. I always think of, of course, I have my four daughters, and I watch a lot of little girly movies and that Cinderella movie. Be, Be kind and have courage. Be kind. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. That's interesting, isn't it? Does not seek its own. There's comfort with people that we are like or like us, right? Isn't there comfort? It's it's a lot nicer to sit amongst Chiefs fans when they're losing than it is with you know somebody that's a Tom Brady fan. You know, I'm I, I'm all for Tom Brady, but it was it would be hard when we're losing. So I mean, I seek my own, and you know when it's hard. And I'm not just talking about football, right? When things get difficult, we seek our own, and that's even within our own church. We can seek people that are like us. Gotta look beyond. Love looks beyond. Is not provoked. Huh. 
I'm feeling a little convicted this morning, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Uh, Love is not the absence of truth. Love is not the absence of, of justice or righteousness. But it does bear, it bears all things, believes all things. And he's not just saying it believes, you know, okay, have faith in faith. No, faith in the right things and continue in the faith of the right things. Hopes all things, endures all things. I really haven't had to endure too many things, have you? Some of you have. Keep on keeping on. That's a statement we like to say, isn't it? Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known But now faith, hope, love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Those last few verses again speaks to um, persevering during this time, knowing that there's something better coming, and his name is Jesus. In 1 John it says we will be like him, we will see him as he is, right? The Lord Jesus. Someday I will be fully known. Wouldn't it be nice to to cast aside all of our inadequacies, all of our old bent up, messed up feelings, and I'm talking about myself. And verse 11, I think about it, my sister was making fun of me again this week, can you believe that, about uh, something on some post about me being angry, and she was, I can still see him when he was a little boy, and veins popping out of his neck, and his face was red, you know. Should that be me today as a mature man? Yeah, I, I, was, I didn't have a brother yet. They would lock me out of the room. They'd just pick on me and try to get me angry because it was funny. No, I'm being a little army there, but I should be different than I was a little kid when I was a little kid, but sometimes that is so hard to do, isn't it? How do we achieve this love? Anybody? How can we grow and and have this love? An intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't think, we cannot do this on our own. Okay? We cannot do this on our own. And so we need to be walking hand in hand with Jesus and let him guide us through it and uh, thank him for his grace and his patience with us.
his perfect love with us, for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be uh, with those unable to attend and join us today. Help us to, to see those here amongst us who need an encouraging word, uh, who need a, a kind handshake or a warm smile or a big bear hug. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be sensitive to, to each other's needs, whether they're in this building right now or viewing online. I ask, Lord, uh, that you would just guide us in the week to come. Uh, we see uh, forecasts hopefully getting better, um, but it's been difficult. A lot of batteries don't want to start. A lot of us don't want to start out in the morning, Lord. And, and so just give us the energy and the direction as well, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you uh, would be with uh, our fr dear friends, Mike and Nicole, uh, who have lost their home in the fire, that you would provide for them. We ask that you'd be with um, uh, Dave and heal him from this, this terrible accident. Tom and Verna, um, as they're, they're moving to uh, Sun's house, um, we ask, Lord, that you would be with Mildred. Um, pray that she would gain energy, that you would uh, help her get her meds right, whatever it is that's causing the problem, Lord. And we ask for healing for her. Um, we ask, Lord, that you would be with many of the requests that we have not shared um, online here, Lord, that you would continue to work in a powerful way to bring glory to yourself. And ultimately, that's what we pray to, is that you would be glorified in all this and that people would uh, come to a saving knowledge and truly turn to you by faith. Um, we ask, Lord, that you would guide um, all those in authority, uh, making laws or in those positions of making decisions um, from our local to, to state to national. Um, Lord, just guide them in their decisions. Oh, and Lord, we do ask that you be with our dear friends, Matt and Sarah, and this little one. Uh, pray that uh, first the heart would um, be fully functional. Uh, also, Lord, in your grace upon them and that the baby would be born uh, um, through a, a, a good pregnancy, a good birth, Lord. Um, we pray for good healing uh, for them and a healthy baby. We ask, Lord, that uh, you would be with those mourning the loss. We, we miss Floyd already. We've been missing Floyd, some of us. Um, we ask that you would just guide um, all of us to keep an eternal perspective and that you would be with the family, encourage them. And Lord, bless this time together as we seek to worship you. Thank you for our young ones. Pray that they would grow up to know, love, and serve you and stand firmly upon your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This first song, um, Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go, is that the first one? Okay. 
this is a kind of a hard song in some ways, but uh, the words are great. So uh, when in doubt, just focus on the words. Uh, would you stand up? And oh, love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. to thee, my heart restores its spot of grace, that in the sunshine places may brighter for thee, O oh, joy that seeketh me to
Jesus. Well, we don't have a special today. I don't think we could have two possible specials being two weeks behind, but one family's gone. And Josh and I really worked at trying to get that thing ready for him. And uh, I don't know, you and your girls, but we didn't get her done. So next week we'll, we'll double up or triple up on the specials, okay? Uh, it's good to have all the young'uns here with us as well. How many of you have had to go out and scoop snow? Any of you kids? Yeah? All right. If you ever need more snow to scoop, I think you know where I live. It's, it's good work for me, though, because uh, I'm in, in the office way too much, I think. Got to get out and get some exercise. Let's pray. Lord, we, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, for uh, your tender mercy towards us. And we love you, Lord Jesus. And we ask that you would help our love to remain, to, to never grow cold in the sense of, of letting it go where where. Even sometimes our ministry becomes more important than you or, or life. That's what usually happens, becomes more important to the things of this life. Uh, Lord, help us to have the right love uh, towards you. And Lord, we ask that you would um, help us to have the right love towards one another and uh, towards those uh, that we uh, see daily uh, in our community. Uh, be, help us to be sensitive to them and their needs, and help us to be sensitive to the truth, to know truths and lies, uh, to stand for the truth, and to always stand firm in you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Last week, uh, I thought I was going to be pretty clever instead of saying setting the stage, uh, have have the change of the title be the pregame warm-up. But uh, we didn't have church last Sunday, and so we're going to just have to toss that aside um, and, and reflect upon the remnant, uh, which is used in several different ways, always with those who are left, who survive in the Old Testament, or those who remain. Um, and so what we're going to continue to look at today is not meant to discourage, <laughs> but it might, I don't know. It's not meant to give us a spirit of fear, but it's meant to give us a desire and a passion to be more fervent for what, what, may, came, what may come in our lifetime and truly has always existed within the church history, history of the church. A history of mankind from from the time of the fall. Um, going back to my uh, football analogy, I remember as a youth, I loved football. I loved playing football. I dreamt of playing football. We didn't have peewee football and finally had junior high football and had all those practices. And it seemed like we practiced forever and ever and ever. And we never had our game. And so finally it comes to game week and I had this nasty nightmare. I dreamt that uh, I was there outside the school. I was ready to play. I didn't have my pads on or my helmet or my cleats. And so I go running back in the locker room. I couldn't find my equipment. 
I wasn't ready for the game. Now the pregame warm-up started, and I still didn't have it, and I called home, and I, they didn't have it, and I couldn't play the football game, my very first football game. And the nightmare just got worse. And we're getting through the first half, and I'm thinking, if I could still just get my stuff, I can play the second half. Never happened. It's, it's like one of those dreams where you need to get to a door, and you're running, and you just don't get any closer. You know what I'm talking about? You ever had one of those dreams or is it just something you saw on TV? I don't know. Um, we are to be ready for the game. That's kind of a silly illustration. But we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. And so the challenge here is that we prepare our minds for action, action knowing some aren't going to be ready. Some are going to fall away. Uh, I pray that we're aware of the future with the present in mind. That is, keeping our eye on the future, knowing what's going on right now. Not missing what God wants us to do right now. Um, Again, last Sunday, as they prepared for the big game that turned out to be just a messed up game... uh, Many of us got our food in order, right? If you watched it, if you cared. Just think about Thanksgiving or Christmas. You get your food in order, right? And you get your couches comfortable. You get everything set up so you don't have to move for a while. And you get ready. And the football players went out on the field and, and they got warmed up. They got their equipment on. They got suited up. They, they reviewed the game plan. They got hyped up. They... They went out on the field early and got their muscles ready and their minds eager for the game. I think a lot of times in the morning, I'm not eager for the day. But every morning that we get up, we need to be eager to do battle for the Lord, to be prepared to serve the Lord. So again, the challenge for today is that in the same way we get our spiritual muscles warmed up, that we get our weapons ready for battle, and that we have the mind of Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is, we need to keep our mind on the future. Our hope is in Christ. We know what's going to happen. Today, be ready for it. What's going to take place. So prepare your minds for action, knowing some will fall away. Or or let's put it this way instead. Be the righteous remnant, knowing some will fall away. Again, in the Old Testament, the prophets of the Old Testament, they use this word, Remnant, at times it's used just to describe some who remained after the first wave of the Babylonians and they took some as captive. You had the ones that remained. And the ones that remained weren't always righteous. I think of Jeremiah and and he saw the last ones leave and and there was a group of them and he was going to get to stay and yet they wanted to flee. And actually there was a lot of little little things that took place, if you'll remember, And they took him to Egypt, and they weren't righteous. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. 
But there's also other passages that talked about the ones who remained, who, who followed the Lord, who served the Lord, and they were the righteous remnant, and they were going to be brought back, and they were going to be a, a new grounding, a new mooring, a new group of people, of Israelites, who would be used by God to build up the nation that would follow God. And the challenge for us is to be the righteous remnant, no matter what happens on around us, no matter who messes up, no matter what leaders, Christian leaders, go the wrong direction or those who leave the faith, and I would say we never were of the faith, no matter who falls away, that we stand firm in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 9.27 quotes Isaiah on this remnant, but we're not going to turn there at the moment. Today, in brief, we will look at what we must do, what we must do to be the righteous remnant. And simply put, we must hate sin, know Scripture, and stand firm. That's pretty simple, right? Hate sin, know Scripture, stand firm. And so first, let's look at this hatred of sin, okay? Yes, we are to hate sin. Um, turn to 1 Timothy. I got a lot of bookmarks this morning, so they'll probably mess me up more than anything. 1 Timothy. This is one of the main passages that I wanted to use for this morning and really became a side passage. We're, I even have it marked. There we go. Chapter 4, 1 through 3. And I mentioned this in the live stream last Sunday. Really, we would go to verse 5. There's some things back then, and, and you'll notice that, hey, these are people that are tricked, that things are happening, that are trying to, there's people trying to turn the real church, the real followers of Christ away from them. Uh, there's real people that back then even who had their minds seared in such a way that they thought what they were doing was right. They thought, they truly did. They weren't trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes, that is, trick people. They really believed what they were doing, and today we see that. There are people who truly believe in what they're standing for, and there are people that truly think that what they're doing is right, but yet they've been seared as with a branding iron, and therefore they really don't know what is right. They're living out sin, and they're saying this sin is right. They've called what is bad, good, good, bad, or what is evil, good, and what is good, evil. So we have to be careful. Let's read, the, let me, I'm just going to read verse, three verses here in chapter four. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will, praise the Lord, some, right? Some will fall away from the faith. Paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. By means of the hypocrisy of liars, and these hypocrisy of liars, look, hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods, which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. Uh, and we say, okay, uh, abstaining, that marriage deal, that's a big deal. The foods, what is that all about? But seriously, just a couple of examples of something that maybe even with the food, we say, hey, that's no big deal. But Paul says that's even a big deal. 
But what I want you to see here this morning is that we should not be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Uh, some will fall away deceiving and being deceived by sin and Satan. And it's happened since the fall. What happened in the fall? Oh, you surely shall not die. Is that really what's meant? It's amazing we have words even in the Constitution. People say, I'm a constitutionalist, and it's right there in the words. They don't follow it. Don't, and that happens with the Bible, and that's more serious, isn't it? Deceiving and being deceived by sin and Satan. Don't, that is, and I heard a really good devotional, and so it was Friday the 5th, Johnny Erickson Tata uh, had a devotional, and she referred to Paul David Tripp's devotional about this. Selling sin to yourself. We don't even need outside people telling us, hey, this is good, right? It's okay. <laughs> don't make sin look good to yourself. Don't buy into it. We need to see sin with God's eyes. And there's a lot of times I'm saying, oh, it's, that's not that big a deal. I, it's okay. Or, you know, all right, if I do this, um, or even if I lie here, there's a little consequence, not a big one, so it's okay. It's really not that bad. I mean, it's not as bad as what's happening over here. Uh, it's okay. And we have to see it with God's eyes. All sin is ugly. And I always think of Isaiah 5, 6, 5, right? Because Isaiah, a great prophet, <laughs> right? Wouldn't you say, if, if we were to name some prophets in the Old Testament, wouldn't Isaiah be one of them? And Isaiah, when he's called into ministry in chapter 6, and he sees the glory of God, it says in 6, 5, then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined. You guys have heard me quote this verse before, right? Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He sees his wretchedness when he looks at God. Do not look at others, look to God and his word. We need to compare how serious sin is to the glory and the holiness of God. It's taken a lot of time, so let's move along here, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's read this. And so when we come up here in just a little bit and we talk about, hey, we should memorize Scripture, one passage to memorize that would be really good to memorize is, guess what? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And, and you've known this verse all your life, probably. You've probably memorized it at one time, right? 
which aspect is the as where we have to do the work and which one just sort of happens in this passage that he's talking about. Don't be conformed to this world. You know, we really don't have to do anything to become more like the world or have more of the world's thinking. It just happens. It comes to us. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's work. Sometimes we're sick of work, aren't we? I don't know, we have an elliptical, and I try to use it, and then my knee starts hurting, or my, my hip starts hurting. And I'm like, oh, I'm done with that. Exercise takes work, and it's painful. And even exercising our brain, it's work. It could be time-consuming. Exercising our spiritual muscles. Time consuming. But we must do it. And as we allow the word of God to saturate our lives and guide us into the right thinking, we can learn to cut sin out of our lives. We're to repent of all sin. Turn from it. Confess it. Cut it out. Um... 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight through 32 talks about judging ourselves. Confess your sins. And because of time, I'm not going to read it. But write down 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight through 32. It's in reference to uh, the Lord's Supper communion. We're to judge ourselves and confess our sins. Or God will discipline you as his child. It's not that you aren't his child, but praise the Lord, he'll discipline you. A lot of people say, well, I'm receiving the discipline of the Lord. That's a good thing. Also, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? But, couple verses around that, before that, understand it is sin. Don't fool yourself, and don't say it isn't. So cut sin out of your lives. and Seek to do it here, and here I'm going to give ammunition for my wife, okay, in this illustration. Um, my grandfather dealt with diabetes. And some people don't deal with diabetes, but have to get on dialysis, inevitably Diabetes tends to lead to dialysis. The problem is that I love sugar. Now, for Grandpa, I remember when I was following him around on his little hog farm, uh, he had candy on the dash of his old Ford and candy here and there because if his blood sugar got low, he'd have to get a piece of candy. But sugar's good, right? I love sugar. Um, but it can cause multiple problems, right? If we consume too much of it. And have you ever heard the statement that too much of a good thing is bad? Something like that, I don't know, somewhere. Actually, if it was good, here's the ammunition, then too much of it wouldn't be bad, right? Maybe, I don't know. I've heard of water poisoning. Anyway. 
But we have to be cautious, just like sugar in our bloodstream all the time. It can cause physical problems. Sin in our lives can cause major problems, spiritual and physical problems. And so the illustration there is sometimes sin is very appealing. More than sometimes. Almost always. It's almost always the easier route. The better route in our mind. But we are to hate sin. We are to shun sin. And in so, if we have the right view of sin and hate it, then we will be more like the righteous remnant. Secondly, we must know Scripture. Know Scripture. Um, uh, that First Timothy passage, uh, you won't be deceived if you know the truth, the real thing, right? Uh, one of the key passages in this study is Matthew 24, looking at the end times, seeing what's going to take place then, making that correlation. God is still in control. These things are still happening. They'll be happening on a great, great, much greater, wider scale at those times. But when we look at what's going on around us, we can say, yes, it, it's going to happen. And so in 24, 4 through 5, Matthew 24, 4 and 5 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And verse 10 and 12 says, At that time many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. That's fascinating with what we read just a little bit ago. Don't let your love grow cold. Don't be misled. Now, while this is here, I believe specifically of the tribulation, we can see it and think, oh, wow, this stuff is happening today. It has happened all throughout the church uh, history. We have to be cautious. We need to know the Word of God. And so, how do we move forward? We need to fight to study God's Word. Um, Revelations 3.14 and following, uh, one of the seven churches, and, and because of time, let's go there, even though there's time. We've got time. Revelation 3. As we look at this passage in brief, uh, note it is to the whole church that's lukewarm. It is a whole church that spit out of his mouth. But within that church are individuals. Let us not be lukewarm. To the angel of the church of Laodicea write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich in white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed in your eye salve and eye salves to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Praise the Lord for his discipline. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with, down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. At the end of the, the message to these churches, it is important for us to see every one of them failed in some areas and some were better than others. But it's important for us to note uh, is that they had grown lukewarm. Faith leads to action, to good deeds. Love leads to good deeds. And to make the correlation between several of these passages, don't let your love grow cold. Don't let your love for Jesus grow cold. Don't let it grow cold, leading you to be lukewarm and leading your actions that should be led by your faith to go dead. Know God's word. And so fight to study God's word as a family, even if it's just one verse every morning before you part ways or in the evening. Sometimes my wife fights harder than I do. But she's always eager to jump in when I'm willing to take the lead and say, well, let's get this done. Even if it's one verse, couples, singles, start the day right. Fight to know the word of God and apply scripture to your life. Remember 12.2, Romans 12.2. You know, the world has its own version of right and wrong more and more. It's interesting. Guess what has already taken place? The female weightlifting records have been shattered. Already. Guess why? The morals of this world continue to be perverted. Whether our nation is going a little off, or is still following Christ, our friends may beckon and our community may beckon, hey, this is a better way. Alcohol's okay, being drunk's okay, partying up, being a macho man of the world is okay. We need to have the mind of Christ, not the mind of our friends or of our nation. Finally, stand firm. Okay. Ephesians. Yes, I said finally. Yay. Finally, stand firm. Ephesians 6. You guys know where I'm going? Ephesians, we have. In Ephesians, uh, our wealth in Christ, our walk, and then our warfare. The warfare. First three chapters. Our wealth. Next three chapters, our walk. And then here, 10 on, the warfare. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having put on your coveralls and your heavy coat and your gloves and your nice insulated boots. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer. And don't forget the prayer in verse 18 and on, prayer. But do not be discouraged. Stand firm. How are we going to not be discouraged? We'll be strong in the Lord. Verse 10, be strong. Verse 11, put on. Verse 13, take up. (laughs) What are these? Action verbs. 13 and 14, stand firm, having put on the full armor. It says take on, put on, this, this, this. Uh, Do not let your heart be troubled. So there is a battle. Be courageous. Just note, note those action verbs. That's what I wanted you to see. John 14. Oh, we're jumping around. All right? John 14, 1 through 6. We know where this takes place. This is on the Passion Week. This is a, the, the upper room discourse. Jesus is talking to his disciples before he goes to the garden and prays and before he's taken to be beaten and killed. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And know your future. And know how you have that future, verse 6. Know your future, know how you have it. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful, but stand firm. John 16, 33, that was John 14, 27, John 16, 33, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Who's overcome the world? Jesus. So we go back to Ephesians 6, 10. In the strength of my might or whose might? His might. Uh, there's a song by For King and Country, okay? I like them. It's called Fight on Fighter. Don't let anyone steal your fire is part of the word. Fight on fighter. Don't let anyone steal your fire. Fight on fighter. The spirit is alive inside you. And I believe the song was written because of one of the the, the brothers, the singer's wife was struggling, I believe, with depression. He's saying, fight on. It's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. 
And the question is, are we willing to glorify God with any wounds we receive? Are we willing to glorify God in the midst of the battle? Are we willing to give it all to the Lord, that is, no matter what's taking place? After teaching on the benefits and reality of Jesus' resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He goes on to say, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. And so, a third truth to this point, that fighting on means fighting on to do good works with great love. It's not just to have the right biblical worldview, but that right biblical worldview leads us out into the world to point others to Jesus Christ. If we have a strong biblical worldview, then we have the right view of love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we wouldn't just sit back. We would stand firm in the sense of fighting to help others, fighting to be there for others, fighting to point others to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not fight to fight, but fight for the faith, contending for the faith in the sense of first good works and then proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. After teaching on and continuing to teach on the future things and, and their coming, Jesus is coming, 2 Peter 3.14. 2 Peter 3.14 says, Therefore, beloved, Since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. So an aspect of that fighting is that we fight against sin in our own lives. Don't buy into sin. Fight to know the word of God. Fight for your time with the Lord in prayer. What we see today is nothing new, really. We see an escalation in our our beloved United States of America of immorality. And we've been seeing it. It hasn't just happened overnight, has it? But it's not new. What does it lead us to? Does it lead us to fight for the Lord? Does it lead us to read our Bibles? Does it lead us to spend time in Scripture studying the Word, memorizing Scripture? Does it cause us to spend time in the Word? Does it lead us to spur one another on? I like that picture, right? Got your spurs on? Come here, Merle. But encouraging one another in the Word of God. We need to be that, that righteous remnant. We have to be in the position to be ready when we're called for very specific purposes. So with all of this, and where are we going, I just want to challenge you, stand firm in the Lord. There's a lot of aspects to it. First, hate sin. Second, know your word, the word of God, not your word. Know your Bible, the word of God, and stand firm. I leave you, John 14, 18. 
What did Jesus say to the disciples? John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Isn't that encouraging? We have a brief time here on this earth to glorify God in the midst of good times and bad times, cold weather and warm weather. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the reality that you've never left us nor forsaken us. You've sent your Holy Spirit to reside within your believers. And, Lord, you are coming again, Lord Jesus. And we say, come quickly, Lord. But in the meantime, help us to be faithful, standing firm, proclaiming the truth of your word, proclaiming the truth of your word through actions of love. Help us to be discerning between truth and lies. Help us to know um, when to speak and when to remain silent. Ask, Lord, your blessing upon each one as they go out today and this week and to this, this rest of this year. Give them the boldness and the strength and the wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. We have some young folks come up to take up offering for us.